You're listening to The Soul's Way Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I'm an author, a speaker, a mentor, and I help individuals align with their soul and create the ripple effect that they came here to create. Are you ready to manifest your best life the soul's way? If so, you're in the right place and you're definitely here for a reason. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, Soul's Way community. Before we dive in, I just want to remind you that the Reclamation Masterclass is happening very soon. Decolonize success and reclaim your right to a rich life. This masterclass is for those of you who are in the BIPOC community. So if you're Black, Indigenous, or a person of color, this is to empower you to heal from the oppression the lack of self-worth, the strained relationship with money and wealth that being in a marginalized community has caused. And I'm going to give you the four steps to reclaiming your power and reclaiming your birthright to thrive because you do have a birthright to thrive. So all of the details for that masterclass are in the comments, uh, in the notes below. And that is happening May 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern, lifetime access included for the replay. So I hope to see you in there and let's get started. I am sitting down today to record part two for you from my Columbia lessons and takeaways because since recording episode one, I realized, yeah, there's some things I missed. I couldn't possibly cover it all in a 45 minute episode or however long that was. I don't even know if still, I don't think it's possible to cover it all or to put it into words, the takeaways, the richness of experience that I felt I'm just trying to bring some of these lessons and shifts to you because like I said I can literally feel my next level self as like funny as it sounds landing like I can feel myself landing into my next level and Columbia was such a portal which I knew it would be and I set the intention for it to be such a portal such a changing like a turning point in my journey and a place not not the place, but like a point in time for me to just integrate so much. And anyway, so I'm going to do my best to put into words some more of the shifts and takeaways and things I had from my spiritual business retreat to Colombia. And I wanted to talk about one of the main themes of the retreat, which I didn't even cover in the first episode. And... It ended up being this theme around body love, just body expression, body love, full acceptance of our bodies. It wasn't even talked about very much. It was kind of just this unsaid theme. We we talked about it on like the first night and there was mention of it like possibly being a theme for the week. And that was all that needed to be said every single day. What ended up happening was it's almost like we all just like collectively agreed without even speaking words. We just like subconsciously made this agreement to just like fully embrace our bodies for the entire week. And I don't know if that's the norm for these women. I got the sense that it wasn't, you know, always the norm, but it was almost like we just, we made this like silent agreement. We didn't need to use our words that we would just freaking own our body, love ourselves fully, like all week long. And that is exactly what happened. And it was such a theme for the retreat. 
So what ended up <laughs> happening is the first day, so I packed my hair dryer, my straightener, all of my makeup, you know, some cute outfits because we were going to be doing a photo shoot and obviously getting lots of content and things like that for my social media. So like, and plus, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't love a good outfit? You want to look cute. You want to, you want to feel good, right? But by day one, when we were still in Cartagena, so the city near the airport, I met up with some of the women there and some of them were already like, yeah, so I can already tell I'm probably not going to wear makeup all week. Like, it's just so hot here, and like, yeah, why not? And I was like, ooh, I don't know about that, but like, that kind of sounds nice, right? It's almost like camping and just, yeah, soaking in the sun and everything. But I was still like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm still probably going to wear my makeup. I have a pretty quick makeup routine anyway. And the first day in Cartagena, like, again, we're still just meeting everyone. We're getting to know everyone. I blow dry my hair, I straighten my hair, and if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen my stories. I was laughing so hard. It was like the biggest joke ever that I spent this time blow drying and straightening my hair. It was like perfectly straight. And then within minutes into our breakfast, because we were eating outdoors and like on this beautiful, um, I don't know what it's called, like a foyer area. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean? this open air terrace kind of area and <laughs> within minutes into our breakfast my hair because the humidity is like so curly not curly but like so frizzy so wavy almost like I didn't even straighten it at all and I just thought ha okay <laughs> I can already see that I did not need to pack my straightener because that was absolutely pointless and so that was the last of me like even doing my hair by day two, I ended up just rocking either a messy bun or actually most days I was able to wet my hair and just let it air dry. It dried so quickly because it was so hot there and it actually went really curly and really beautiful. So that was a lot of fun. I miss having Columbia hair now because it doesn't do that here in Canada. <laughs> it just goes frizzy. But every day it went so curly and it's dried on its own. So I didn't use my hair dryer at all. I didn't use my straightener at all. By day two, of actually being at the resort and at the retreat, I was like, okay, screw it. I probably don't need makeup today. Who cares? Like I ditched my makeup by like day two, other than like when we had a photo shoot or I wanted to look cute for some pictures. Like I really was like, meh. Um, I just felt so instantly safe with these women and they were inspiring me by showing up the same way. Just like come as you are, you know, no makeup. It didn't matter everyone has their own skin things going on or whatever is the case but we just like yeah it was almost like this silent agreement to just who cares and also I think it helps that our mentor on night one I think it was night one no it was day one of coaching so we did coaching every day on the beach and she mentioned something like as women especially we have this energy of like performance we have this need like we feel this need to perform all the time. And so I just want us to drop any of that this week. It might have even been night one. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. Early in the week, she was like, I want us to drop this energy of any any feeling that we need to perform. There's nobody to perform for here. You do not have to have any of that energy. And all of us were just like, oh, like the biggest sigh of relief, right? So I think that really helped. Um really set the expectations to and set that standard 
So, yeah, by, like, the second day, I was like, eh, I don't care. There's, like, acne happening right now on my chin and my my face, but it's fine. I'm just going to show up to breakfast and lunch and dinner as I am. And we're all putting sunscreen and sunglasses on anyway, and it's melting off. <laughs> so that was that. And then by day three, or, like, day three or four, I was like, okay, I'm not going to wear a bra even today <laughs> because I'm so sunburnt. I don't want anything tight on my body, remotely, even touching me. <laughs> like, And by the second night, I was wearing my pajamas to dinner. Like, And it was just so cool to see how quickly I shifted into that and how we shifted into that as a group and how comfortable I was with a group of women. I had literally never met a single one of them. And I, like, also day one, I was like, all right, get my flip-flops out because I have to because all you're walking on is like dirt and grass and sand. So it doesn't make sense to keep putting on socks and sneakers. But typically, for those of you who don't know, I am like very, very protective about people seeing my feet and people seeing my legs. Like I try even here in the summer when it gets hot, I would typically like wear long pants or long dresses and avoid showing my legs because they're they're very skinny because of my Beals syndrome and my feet are very funny looking from the club... Um, from clubbed feet that I have from from all the surgeries they've been through there's lots of scars they're like really deformed kind of like bent looking and just day one I was like yep flip-flops and shorts this is happening and I just owned it and I just like truly did not care I did not feel judged I felt nothing but loved by these women that I just met and I just think that's so powerful and so cool and I hope that it's inspiring me sharing this with you Um, and it's just because we just decided to drop the energy of needing to perform. And I feel like if you drop that, no matter where you go, yes, if you can get yourself into sisterhood in person, there's nothing more powerful than that, especially hanging out with like spiritual conscious, you know, people who are also on a path of self-growth and self-development and healing. Beautiful. It's always going to be so powerful. But even you, wherever you go, you can set the intention that I am not going to be in this energy of performance. I am going to be come as you are, love myself, and just watch what happens. And it's like all of us decided to do that. And it was freaking beautiful because we just saw each other as the incredible souls that we are. And nobody gave a crap like what my feet looked like or my legs looked like, like one girl did mention to me that actually her mom has clubbed feet too. And so she was like, yeah, my mom's feet look like yours. Like she has similar scarring on her feet. And, um, you know, she thanked me for sharing a little bit of my story that I'd shared at the campfire. And we just, it was just a thing for us to connect over. It wasn't a thing for anybody to judge me or for me to be ashamed of. And that is like huge. That is like a first for me that I felt like "Ah, if anything my body is just something for people to connect with me on whereas I spent my whole life thinking that's something that makes me separate from people that's something that makes me different that's something I have to hide that's something people won't understand because when you grow up being bullied for it being teased for it being whispered about being having rumors spread about your body having men tell you how your body should look and i bet you all of you can relate to this i bet you there's not a single one of you especially women listening who can there's not a single one of you 
who hasn't had someone comment on your body without you asking. Which leads me into the second thing I want to share, which I also, yeah, it just confirmed what I just said now, that we all have had this like unsolicited opinions and judgment around our bodies. And it's like, let's freaking reclaim our sovereignty. These are our body. Like, this is my body. And your body is your body. And there's nothing to change. There's nothing to fix. There's no need to perform. And I like knew all of this on paper, right? But actually living it does something to you. Living it strengthens it, deepens it. It changes you. And that's going to be a huge part of me, a huge part of this up level that I feel coming for myself too, as I move into a new level of visibility and showing up more online, even in like just feeling so safe and sovereign in my body and knowing that I can decide, I can drop the energy of performance and I can show up as I am. And I have proof that I can do it because I just did it in front of a bunch of strangers. Like that does something for you. So if you can get yourself into those situations, you don't have to spend money and go on a retreat. You can literally do this at your next family or friend's barbecue or do this at the next time you go to the beach or next time you meet new people anywhere you go. Just decide, hmm, I'm going to drop the energy of performance and I'm just going to love myself as I am and fully be embodied in that and watch what happens because you'll find that other people just want to love you fully as you are. And like I shared in the other episode, part one, we had that hiking day where I had shared on night one a little bit about my physical limitations and challenges. And I just kind of let all of my body parts show, you know, probably wasn't caring too much. If I was limping, I walk with like a bit of a limp sometimes. I don't care if anyone saw that. Like, I don't care if people saw the scars on my feet or the, you know, the marks on my back or any of this from my scoliosis. And it just ended up leading to people loving me more and me feeling so held and supported on the hiking day when five, four or five times people are asking me, Em, can I help you? Can I take your backpack? Do you need a hand? Can you, you know, can I give you my arm? Let's do this together. And I accepted the help. Anyway, I already talked about that in part one, but just see, see how much it opens up. I challenge you to just choose to come as you are, wherever you go, you are enough. You get to be belong wherever you decide to go and you're enough as you are and you're whole as you are. That's what I want you to know. But that leads me to talking about the really juicy thing I forgot to tell you guys about, which is we did this thing called swamping. And this is something taught by, um, I think it's originally created by Regina, the author of, I don't know her last name, the author of Pussy, A Reclamation, which everyone was reading on this trip. I had already read it um, a couple of years ago, but I should probably read it again. It's so good. Anyway, she teaches this thing called swamping, and it is where you allow yourself, I do it with, I did it with my Unbound Soul clients too. Um, You allow yourself to rage, essentially, and process any ugly emotions that society has typically taught us, especially women, that we're not allowed to show. So anger, screaming, yelling, kicking, shaking, like she teaches that you can like literally even put a garbage bag on you and fully get into swamping mode. And just like you can dance to angry music, you can punch things, you can kick things, you can yell, you can scream, 
you do all the things you're not typically safe to do in public or in society. And when you can, you can do this on your own, but when you can, do it in sisterhood. Be witnessed by other women who are doing it with you. It's so powerful. And so one one girl there, <clears throat> she asked, she was just, you know, another girl on the retreat, another woman on the retreat. And she'd asked if she could, um, uh, oh, sorry, I'm just pausing because I'm just trying to think if her pronouns were she and her. They might be they. I should double check on that. So they were asking if they could run the this swamping session for our group. And so we did that. And, ugh, you guys, <laughs> it was freaking so powerful. And before we started the session, so you start by putting on like angry music and stomping and raging and you could shake your body and move your body. And again, I've done this with clients. It's really, really powerful. And then the music changes and you allow yourself to go into sadness and just cry. And, you know, they played a sad song and we moved into that softer, vulnerable side, just sitting and laying into our pillows if we had this we did this in the yoga area so we had our yoga mats and pillows if we wanted first we were beating the pillows up and kicking things and throwing them down and and then we just melted into this sadness and what you do is you just focus on anything it doesn't matter if you're not even currently angry because we all have like stored anger in our body in our energy field which is what i'm always telling my clients and all of you is that emotions that we don't process even if they're from like when you were seven years old they get stored in your energy field and they block things they they muck things up and we need to feel them in order for them to actually transmute and release if you don't feel them and you try to stuff them down or just turn them into positivity right away they're gonna stay there and that's not good (laughs) they're gonna stay in your energy field and they still impact your vibration they lower your vibration But the only way to actually truly remove them is not by thinking positive thoughts and just pretending they're not there. It's by feeling them, which we've been taught as society is not okay to do, right? Don't cry. Don't cry. Be strong. Be strong. Be polite. Don't make a scene. Don't yell. Don't raise your voice. Be ladylike. And it's like, no, that's actually so unhealthy. You need to process things when they come up. So, and then after crying, you move into um, pleasure. You just start, she put on this like sexy song. It was like a Beyonce slowed down version of crazy in love. And you move into like feeling sensual and feeling pleasure again. And by the end of it, you feel freaking amazing. But before we started to play the music and started to start the swamping. Yeah, highly recommend doing this with your friends or like any group of (laughs) sisters that you can or even on your own. It's so powerful. But before we started, we stood in a circle And the person facilitating it offered us, you know, asked us to just share, like, what's making you really pissed off? Like, what's making you angry? And we were just going around popcorn style and sharing, like, anything at all from today or from years before, anything in general, big or small. And, of course, I have things that are, that make me angry. The biggest things being, like, colonization and the oppression of my people and the oppression of so many people and the fact that I don't even know my own language because it was taken away. I don't know much about my own culture and I now have to try so hard to reconnect with it and to try to get people to help me learn more about it because it was stripped from my ancestors. It was literally beaten out of them. Like that makes me 
rage and the genocide that happened to my people, the unfair, inhumane treatment that happened to my people, all of this makes me rage. Did I share that with the group? Did I speak up and jump in? No, I did not. I did not. And then I was annoyed at myself. And then I ended up raging about that, like being annoyed at myself. Because whenever we're in those like popcorn style situations where it's like, oh, everybody just shout out your thing that you're releasing. Everybody just share as you feel called. I hate that. I like being called upon. That's what I learned about myself. I really need someone to be like, Emily, what about you? For me to speak. Because I think it's just a cultural thing. That's how we were taught, like, don't speak until it's your turn or until you're given, like, you know, the talking stick or it's your turn. Somebody asks you to speak. It's still very hard for me to just jump in. And then I get the stupidest social anxiety that is so not logical, but I'll get the dumbest thoughts in my head. Like, like it was right there on the tip of my tongue, right? I had so much to say and share and even about what's making me sad too. And all these people, all these women are jumping in and then some of them are going twice and some of them are going three times and there's no pauses. Like there's no clear pauses for me to jump in. Otherwise I might've, but in my head, I have the dumbest anxiety. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say dumb. Cause I know some of you are going to be like, yeah, me too. I do that too. Like the thoughts in my head are like, oh, what if I, what if I go to speak and someone else goes at the same time? Like, oh my gosh, how awkward, how cringy. <laughs> It's like, who cares? Then just wait and then speak again. But anxiety is not logical. We know this. Um, And then the other thought is like, oh, what if you say it, but like you're not loud enough and no one hears you? Like, that's so embarrassing. Or like, what if only two people hear you and the rest of the people? Like, just stupid stuff like that literally stopped me from sharing in that circle before we started. Um, And I shouldn't say it's stupid because there's other people that also didn't share and they probably had similar thoughts. And anxiety can be really real. It can be a real biatch. Um, but yeah, you might be surprised to know, like, there's there's regrets that I have. There is times when I didn't choose bravery and I didn't speak what was on my heart and mind. And that's okay, though. That's okay. That's an opportunity. Now I know for the next retreat, when I get that feeling of something, or even when I'm on a Zoom call, I'm in a group setting, I get that feeling of something being right on the tip of my tongue and I want to say it say it. It's always going to feel better when you just do it, right? But regardless, I did the rest of the swamping and dancing and raging and throwing pillows and kicking things, and it was amazing. Um, And then the next day, I had a beautiful conversation, or later that day, with one of the girls there. And she actually brought it up. She's like, yeah, you know what? I was waiting for you to say something in the circle for swamping about like, like colonization or being angry about that because I was talking about that all week um, and how I'm really this path of like decolonizing wealth and success and empowering indigenous people and people of color is really, really strongly on my heart and keeps nudging me to do more work in this area and even actually just accept, I just accepted an exciting opportunity working specifically with indigenous people, urban indigenous people. So more on that soon, but it's this path just keeps choosing me. And anyway, she was like, I, I was really expecting you to say something about that. And I'm like, yeah, me too. I totally was right there on the tip of my tongue. And I also knew that was the other thing making me anxious. I'm like, I know people are expecting me to say this. (laughs) And like, I don't want to, I'm feeling shy. And I guess I just got shy. 
And I'm like, but I'm beating myself up now. And I'm like, I'm questioning if I'm doing this retreat right. Like, I don't want to leave here and be like, ah, and put myself out there enough. I see all these people making these connections and collaborating and hiring each other. And like, oh my gosh, we're going to be best friends now. And all these amazing connections happening. And I'm like, what if I didn't do this right? And what if I don't get those connections like that? And this beautiful soul, her name was Sammy. Um, Shout out, Sammy. And she was like, no, but the retreat doesn't, like, we're only here for five days. And the retreat doesn't end after five days. And the shifts and the integration and stuff is goes beyond. This is like lifetime transformations that are happening right now. You're going to keep growing and evolving so much longer after this retreat. And she was like, and now you know you have the experience of like where you held back a little bit and where you want to go you know open up earlier on the next retreat or whatever it is next time you're in a circle like this you know that ooh, you feel so much better when you do it and then she shared with me how she's done that before as well in like a setting where she really wanted to dance but no other adults were dancing and then once she finally did it, she felt so much better. And she's like, I used to be the same way with like the sharing circles and stuff too. So I know the feeling. So that was cool. So I still made a really cool connection over it. And I learned a lot about myself. And that's, that's the important thing, right? That's the thing to focus on. But anyway, (laughs) I wonder if that shocks you. People are often shocked when I say like, yeah, I'm quite shy in group settings a lot of times. Um, what you see on Instagram, what you see on the podcast, that's my, that's my brand. That's where I am fully the most expressed. That's where I am embodied in this courageous leadership role, this version of me. And it doesn't mean that it's not true to who I am. And it's not like where I am all the time. But like what you see on Instagram, it is a highlight reel. It is artwork. And it is me, it is genuine, but it's easier for me to be to be fully expressed when I have the mic and it's only me and I know you want to listen to what I'm saying. Otherwise, like, why would you be following me? Why would you be listening to this podcast, right? It's that idea that like, yeah, I've been given the mic. I've, I've been given this platform. We've all been given our own platforms on social media. Whereas in a group setting, I feel like some people have no issues Many people have no issues just like jumping in and talking over each other and like, that's just not me. I'm just, I'm quite introverted in social settings, but I'm learning some things that I do desire to work on and to get more brave and always push myself. And that's why I do experiences like the retreat. That's why I travel. That's why I stay invested in myself. I'm always trying new things. I'm always learning new things. I'm always hanging out with new people. That's I, I love to grow. This is a journey and I'm so here for it. So anyway, the body love theme ended up being such a theme and such a thing as well as just bravery, vulnerability, openness, sisterhood, and it is all so incredible. So um, even the indigenous ceremony too ended up being centered around the woman's body because there, so we did an indigenous fire ceremony on one of the last days. And their culture is very similar to um, like Canadian indigenous cultures in that there's a high 
reverence and regard for women and for the power that we hold because we are literally the creators of life like our womb is a portal for freaking life to be created through we are so powerful we are connected to the moon we are connected to all of life because we are the life creators right so it's very similar in the kogi culture that's the local indigenous people of that area santa marta area of colombia and in the ceremony it was all about like honoring the different stages of life and talking about the woman's body and the womb as something sacred and how our waters are sacred and we get to decide who enters the waters right and who we create life for and with and um in their cultures so similar in so many indigenous cultures around the world like the women don't even take any of the medicine or the things that the men might take to feel more connected to spirit the women do not take those because they're already so powerful we already have this portal that is our womb that's tying us to to spirit and to all of life so that was just really cool um so power to you women and your bodies and your portals of life (sighs) I think that's what I wanted to share with you for this part two. I'm sure even more will continue to get integrated and land into my awareness and into my body. But I hope you enjoyed listening to this part two and, and that you got something out of it. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being interested in my trip and my journeys always and for being here. I'd love to hear from you. If you listened, if you enjoyed it, tag me on Instagram so I can reshare, give you a shout out. Thank you personally for listening. I am at Emily Ann Brandt on Instagram. So give me a tag in your stories and I'll talk to you very, very soon. Thanks again so much for listening. The best way you can thank a podcaster, if you got any value from this episode at all, or it helped you in any way, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at Emily Ann Brandt, send it to a friend and let me know your thoughts. I cannot wait to connect with you. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Emily Ann Brandt or join the Facebook group, The Soul's Way. Thanks again for being here. Cheers to your magic.